Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. And of course, if this is your first time listening or you just recently started listening to the Women's Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. You can get in touch with us on email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can find us on social at IT Women's Podcast. We love hearing from you. Now, in a moment, we're going to be hearing from Honey and Lemon, two young Irish women, dancers, artists, who've been exploring female double acts from Thelma and Louise to French and Saunders. I think the female double act has evolved probably in a similar way to just women in general, which is trying to reverse or reject or counteract in some way the system that they've been you know created within um and I think they get better at that throughout time as time goes on um it's really sad to look back at examples you know in more like mid-century time when there's a very clear objective from the media to pit women against each other and that's something that we're really passionate about in this show is rejecting that notion That was Honey and Lemon there and more from them in a minute. But I just wanted to mention the award-winning Irish lawyer who's going to help South Africa in their case against Israel in the International Court of Justice. Irish woman Blina Negralik has been named as one of two external advocates who will support South Africa's legal team. They're set to have their first hearing in The Hague uh, today. And South Africa has charged Israel with committing acts of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza. South Africa has said that statements made by Israeli officials, including their Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, have shown genocidal intent against Palestinians. And Ms Negrolik will reportedly advise the South African legal team during its case. She's been involved in loads of other high-profile cases, such as the Bloody Sunday Inquiry in Northern Ireland, where she worked as a legal observer. And she also received several awards for her work including International Law Junior of the Year in 2022-23 and the Irish native appeared in a similar case back in 2015 on behalf of Croatia for its claims of genocide against Serbia. Some of her local cases also include rights to freedom of expression and freedom to protest, discrimination and equality and international law. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there in The Hague. 
Now, today we are speaking to Honey and Lemon, an Irish women-led creative partnership. Honey and Lemon are Millie Daniel Dempsey and Amy Robin Lister, and they're about to present a show called Double Act in the Project Theatre in Dublin. Now, Honey and Lemon's mission is to create opportunities for women of all ages, abilities and backgrounds to come together and become more confidently creative. They are currently dance artists in residence at the Civic Theatre in partnership with South Dublin County Council. Now their upcoming show, Double Act, sounds quite ambitious and intriguing. It's a whistle-stop tour of the history of women in entertainment, a theatrical seance and a celebration of those they say, who walked so they could run. Audience are going to be treated to appearances from French and Saunders, Wood and Walters, the Cheeky Girls, Thelma and Louise, Julie and Carol, and the list of female double acts goes on. They say it's a lesson in resilience, friendship, and above all, sticking together. So we had to have them on to talk about double acts and how female double acts present in 2024. Double act is all singing, all dancing. And these two rambunctious performers are sort of mortal conduits for living legends and the stars of yesteryear. I began by asking Millie and Amy to tell me how Honey and Lemon came about. Well, um, we formed Honey and Lemon originally in 2020. Um, However, Amy and I have known each other for 11 or 12 years at this point. So um, we met during training, um, worked together a lot um, and also lived together, had a very strong friendship and professional work relationship. Um, So in 2020, we decided after going our separate ways after studying, it would be really nice to come together again and try and work, work together. Um, and we got a residency at Dance Ireland and that's when the company formed and that's when our initial research started for Double Act, which is the work that we're premiering next week as well. Oh yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Amy, what was Honey and Lemons, what did you set out to do? And did did you feel there was sort of a gap in in the the dance area? What we set out to do is actually quite simple. It was that we wanted to make work that we wanted to watch (laughs) Um, and we wanted us and us as women to be at the center of that work and the making of the work um, and also the content of the work to be centering women in a conversation of some kind. And did you feel that that was missing in sort of the dance area? We felt it was missing for us. I think maybe as we've gone on making this project, we've realized actually, yes, there's a gap in the type of work we're making, but I think it was more a question of where we were at both at a point in our careers where we were like, what do we want to be doing? Why can't we just do it ourselves yeah, instead of waiting for other people to do it for us? Yeah, that, that seems to be something that a lot of people come to a point where they're just like, hang on a second, I want yeah. to have work, so I'll just create it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, isn't without its kind of challenges either mm-hmm. because resources and just getting stuff off the ground. How have you found that, Millie, just, you know, plowing through and getting things made and getting things shown? It takes an awful lot of patience. Yeah, <laughs> mm. you really have to keep pushing, and you really have to believe in what you're doing. And because I think, realistically, it would be a lot easier to drop it and move on. Like at this point, it's it's nearly four years since we started researching the work we've made. Um, but you have to wait for funding rounds. You have to go through yeses. You have to go through nos. You have mm. to go through uh, really pushing to try and get them the the funds you need and the support you need to actually put the 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 final final piece together. Um, so it definitely requires a lot of patience. And I think we really believe in this the work that we've made now. So that's why we've kept hammering on. But uh, yeah, you can see why people kind of go through uh, research. 
another research, another research, another research, because it is very hard to get the show to actual full mm. production. And Amy, before we start to talk about Double Act and what you've done with this upcoming project, um, what about being an artist today in Ireland or in the UK where you're mostly based? Is It is difficult, isn't it? And I mean, you can kind of think, Jesus, I'll just give it all up and go and work at the bank or something or <laughs> something like that. Have you had moments like that? Um, most weeks <laughs> I have some days when I go into the studio or I'm sitting at a desk doing another part of my career and I have those feelings. I'm sure Millie has the same. Mm. Um, and they're really hard to push through. But I, when people ask me about getting into the arts today, I always say the same answer, which is that like talent only gets you so far to stay as a freelance artist. It's just resilience. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I presume there must be some really big underlying passion that you both have for what you do as well, because like you say, talent and all of that. It's, but it's kind of something that you believe in, that you, you want to do so much. You feel like you've got something con- to contribute. Does that motivate you? Yes, definitely. I think um, I know when me and Millie came together to start researching this work, we probably both felt that we had something to say. And I think that's really important. Like... There's not much point in making art of any kind unless you've got something to say. Mm. And we feel like we've got something pretty interesting to say. So, Okay, well, let's get on to that interesting <laughs> thing to say. So it's the, the title of the show is Double Act. Mm. And it's quite ambitious in a way because you're like trawling through a hundred years of mm. female double acts. Yeah. And we think of people like, I mean, one that I love that you, you are uh, touching on is French and Saunders. Like yeah, I yeah. grew up watching them and just absolutely love them. And then one of my favourite films is Thelma Louise as well. So mm. um, it's it's a really rich scene that you're, you're mining. But uh, Millie, tell me about double acts and why they intrigued you obviously being a honey and lemon a double act yourself yeah was it kind of like you wanted to look and see um the people who've come before yeah I mean that was uh, really like the founding inspiration was when we um got to thinking about what we might like to make a show about we thought well what are we we're two women we're two friends we're two performers um let's see who else is out there who's come before us and who's around now um so it just started this research um on a very simple idea but just became this extremely rich like abundance of like amazing people that have existed and are existing now. Um, so there was so much to pull on it and it just became this really like multi-layered research that crossed boundaries of lots of different art forms. So it's 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 been hugely interesting for for us, um, challenging um, as performers to to try and put yourselves in different character shoes that cross different art forms as well. Because obviously we come from a from a dance training background, but we both have very very strong interests in in other art forms. Um, so it's been amazing for us to be able to. Um, dip our toes into <laughs> into performing um, in different ways as well, which kind of ties back to what Amy was saying about us wanting to be in work that we wanted to be in. So it's been, yeah, mm. uh, we've been able to bring a lot together for this work. And Amy, tell us about some of the content, because I mentioned a couple of the double acts, but when you went to do this um, trawl into all these uh, different women and different acts that have come together, what what did you, were you surprised about any of it? Did you learn a lot about um, people that perhaps you didn't know about before? We learned about a lot of new people. And when we pitch this show, everyone's first question is, oh, I don't know any female double acts. And like you just said, French and Saunders is like, you know, probably now the most famous, um, you know, women double act in existence. Um, and people can't even 
name them off the top of their head, mm. which I find confusing. <laughs> um, but like we went right back to the 20s and 30s to vaudeville and like that sort of era, which is totally different. Um, you know, people were presented and presenting things that we're more interested in like even the grotesque and the like the circus of performance um rather than like when we moved up looking at the 40s and 50s you get into like the beauty of women and it's much more male gaze focused um and then up 80s onwards into contemporary time uh like French and Saunders for example take on this very butch persona um as a way to counteract like all the things that have come before them so yeah we've seen so many weird and wonderful things um (laughs) like women's role in the entertainment industry has been so diverse um so it's just like Millie said it's just so rich as a as a source for Mm. making work yeah what are some of your favorite double acts then we've mentioned French and Saunders but was there any that you discovered that you hadn't known about before that you kind of are now wow they were really brilliant God, there's so many. Uh, I have to say, though, also personally, French and Saunders would be one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah. And I think they have strongly inspired a lot in the show, just um, how they touch on humour. Um, and their their relationship play is really, really interesting as well. So they would definitely be like on the top top three of my list for sure. Um, another one of my favourites would actually be a more contemporary one, um, which is very interesting, which we referenced from the film Frances Ha. Um, so yeah, Greta Gerwig film about um, she plays a character and her best friend Patch, and we, I find that that was one of my favourites as well because I love the film, but also um, uh, how we've brought it into the show as well. Um, but then yeah, going way back, we've got like um, the Hilton sisters and the Branton sisters, w- which were um, a, a sister double act that. Um, juggled tables on their feet what yeah mm, <laughs> and every amazing. single time we look at these clips of them we're like, it's like is it an illusion is it like how are they possibly doing this it's just the wildest thing I've ever seen is that the Hiltons or the other ones that's the Branson, Branson. sisters okay. yeah and what did the Hilton sisters do they were conjoined twins um mm. that were um a musical double act but conjoined yeah, yeah. singing mainly. yeah singing yeah yeah and they they've actually got a special place in my heart because they're born and bred in Brighton where I live at the moment and they've got a blue plaque house where they were mm-hmm. born. And I just feel this after we've watched all these videos of them, like performing and also just being in their kitchen, like weird documentary mm-hmm. footage. Um, it's really weird to like, I stood outside their house recently and it was just a strange experience. So these yeah. were conjoined twins who managed to have a career in the entertainment industry. I mean, it's hard enough yeah. to be just existing in the world <laughs> yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And they yeah. were, yeah. so they were sought after. But is, was this going back to more, like you say, the 20s and 30s? Yeah. They're, they're 20s into 30s. And would yeah. that have been a more of a vaudeville kind of act then? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So sort of like very traditional curtains open and you've got two conjoined twins singing. It's like such a weird juxtaposition between something that some people might see as like a grotesque sort of exploitation of them 100% um, but also beautiful voices like super, yeah very talented women. and did they sing in harmony um, yeah I suppose they did I mean it's not super clear in the like any of the footage yeah. we've watched is very old um, but but yeah like they sung in harmony unison as individuals right. yeah the whole bag yeah and interestingly actually we have another reference from a musical called sideshow mm-hmm. that's actually based on the life of the hilton sisters but is very much a broadway musical two very mm-hmm. very glamorous um performers um imitating conjoined twins for the <sighs> entire 
show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they had influence as well in terms of their story kind of. International. Like yeah. they, they actually, I believe they made their fame in the States. Um, so they, they never really got picked up in Britain. Um, so they sort of went off and yeah, made their fame in American vaudeville and then eventually came back mm. um, to the UK. But yeah. And is the story told chronologically in the in the um, show? No. No. So no. what's your structure? What's your kind of narrative? Well, we created the whole show um, via post-its. Okay, <laughs> so this is we, interesting. Um, basically, every reference we have, we've pulled something from it. It might not be super clear to an audience member. Some of it's a little bit distorted. Some of it's layered on other references. So it's not all very spoon-fed, so to say. Um, but... Yeah, so every every reference we pulled, we've written down on a post-it. And so we have this massive collection of post-its that we've now formed into a show. Um, so it was a bit of a, a jigsaw puzzle, really, mm. to be honest. And it's just been a lot of map work, brain work, trying to to make this very episodic thing mm. happen as a show. <laughs> and Amy, what did you sort of figure out about female double acts and perhaps the way they've evolved and... Um, Going back to what you said, like in the beginning, maybe that kind of grotesque element or the kind of, yeah, almost, uh, yeah, an oddity to where they became very mainstream. What What is your take on like where we are now with the female double act? I think the female double act has evolved probably in a similar way to just women in general, which is trying to reverse or reject or counteract in some way the system that they've been you know created within um and I think they get better at that throughout time as time goes on um it's really sad to look back at examples you know in more like mid-century time when there's a very clear objective from the media to pit women against each other and that's something that we're really passionate about in this show is rejecting that notion. And what examples would there be of that when you talk about um, the mid-century? Well, so for example, like in the, so if we looked at some of our really more beauty-focused examples, like in the 40s and 50s, like Marilyn Monroe is a great example. Um, and she worked with Jane Russell um, only once. And their chemistry and dynamic on screen is just, fantastic as gentlemen prefer blondes isn't yes it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and after that film the whole dialogue in the media was about that they hated each other which I like they both would have said at the time when you watch interviews post-production you know that you know that's not true and they mm. don't understand where that's come from um and if anything uh Jane Russell was almost like a mother figure to Marilyn because it was one of her first big productions mm. um so and like particularly now with like the release of the latest sort of biopic film on Marilyn Monroe, it makes you really sort of look at it differently because I mean, yeah. And the fact is they were so visually different. So Jane yeah. Russell being quite tall and, you know, dark haired and a very yeah. different figure to yeah. Marilyn, uh, as we yeah. know. They were amazing in that film because that, that, there's a couple of songs in that, like Little Rock, oh my God, mm -hmm. it's one of my favourites. And they're, like you say, the chemistry between them is amazing. And then still the media wanted to say, oh, look at them, but they're very different. So they must have hated yeah. each other. And, mm -hmm. and, and that still carries on. But I suppose less so maybe, do you think now, Millie? Do you think women are pitted against each other less or do you think it's so, still something we need to... Um, I think it's maybe a, a yes and no. I think there's definitely like... Uh, well, the main message that we're trying to get across anyway is definitely like 
the importance of solidarity and how important it is to stick together um, and how amazing it is to have a best friend and like what that means in your life. Um, so I think it's super important that we keep pushing against it for sure. But I think sometimes it is hard. And I, I do feel like as we went on in our research into more current years, like um, it, there was definitely a drop off in quantity of female double acts. Yeah. Um, like, and why is that, do you think? Because it is an yeah. interesting one. I don't, I'm trying to think. Of, I was actually thinking, we were thinking of Vogue and Joanne on their podcast. Mm, and my therapist yeah. goes to me. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. A, a real big contemporary female double yeah, act now. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of other ones I right know. now and it's hard. Well, we the closest thing we've probably found is Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph because they would do a lot of, of sketches and a lot of acting together. Um, but yeah, not like in... You, you don't see it like you would have in like the old movies and like yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I mean we've the got the cheeky with, girls, but I'm not oh, sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same with male double acts? I'm just thinking too. Like, is it is it particular to women, or is it has the kind of double act in general faded out of um, kind of cultural significance? I suppose it has in a way, um, which is such a shame because mm. it's a really powerful. Uh, comedic tool yeah. and like just the actual. Like can you think of Laurel and Hardy, yes. Morecambe yes. and Wise, yeah, and all exactly. those people? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. It is sort of fading away. I suppose in the same way that like, um, boy bands and girl bands. You know, I hate those words, but like are fading away too. Like mm. in for some people, um, or they don't maybe have the pull that they had like in the nineties yeah. when yeah. maybe we were watching those sort of groups, but, um. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe that's why we really want to highlight the, like, the extreme talent of some of these people mm -hmm. is, just, is like Millie, you know, was talking about the foot juggling, whether it's foot juggling or it's French and Saunders doing an improv sketch, um, you know, or it's like two women, you know, it's like Thelma and Louise, you're watching two people's chemistry on screen. Like it's effortless yeah. um, and that's what we want to capture is like that effortless dynamic that people, it's like, you can't, it's untouchable. Mm. Um, and it's almost yeah. like they're better because they're together kind of yeah. thing, that, that it brings yeah. this other energy yeah. that separately they, obviously talented people, but mm. coming together, mm. there's a magic that happens. Yes. yes. So tell me about your magic. How are you finding your double act <laughs> and what what do you think you bring um, when you're together that's different to maybe your in, more independent work? I think that we have just a very easy bond, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like from working in like in performance, I know sometimes you get into production and there's there's tension, there's big personalities, there's it sometimes it, it does get a little bit like ooh. <laughs> Um, but we've never we've never found that. I think we just find a really good balance with each other. Um, so we balance each other out in lots of ways. And because we've been friends for so long, we know each other well enough to be super comfortable around each other. We don't have any ego with each other. We just we're like we're in it to 
bring out the best in each other. Mm. I mean, that sounds like sort of necessary things for a double act because, mm. and I think again, thinking of French and Saunders, they were so different as performers, but absolutely understanding the other's kind of place and the other's uh, contribution yeah. and mm. therefore not standing or taking over. Although a lot of their shtick was sometimes done French taking over and yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> but using their physicality, using everything about this, is that something that you found working with Honey and Lemon that you've done, that you've been able to create this um, magic together. Yeah, definitely. It's been really nice to bring the organic magic into making work. So like those moments that happen in the studio because we just have this natural rapport and bond and sort of, yeah, it is like a chemistry that like things just happen, like hilarious stuff just happens and that we both feel like yeah, well, that deserves to be put in front of an audience because it's magic. Like, you can't, it's the stuff that can't be written. Like, that's what I always think is the intangible bits. Um, yeah. You're a dance artist in residence in the Civic Theatre. Yeah. So I presume that means bringing dance to maybe um, audiences that mightn't have been um, as sort of comfortable or familiar with it in a way. Tell me about some of the events you're running um, and the way you get people into dance, because I presume you both feel that as an art form and just as a way of life, dance is something that is really important for people to get into. Mm -hmm. And some people don't feel comfortable in their bodies. Some people yeah. find it difficult. So have you have you enjoyed kind of working with people on that level? Massively, I would say. Mm. Yeah, it's been really, really enriching. Um, we run two separate types of community engagement workshops. Um, so we have a cut loose uh, what, what's called cut loose, and we have a dance on screen workshop as well. Um, so we run the cut loose format is kind of like an hour long movement session, um, and dance on screen is a bigger kind of three and a half to four hour half day workshop thing. Um, so, but both of them bring out something in the participants that's really really special, and I think that's how like how we've brought our our work and our research into the community engagement has really worked because i think sometimes people can think of contemporary dance and immediately feel threatened by it because yeah. they don't they feel like they need to understand it when sometimes it's very very abstract but we don't come at it from that angle so we go in with like a pop culture um like listen to this really crack and tune like you all know it it's not some experimental yeah. electronic mix I mean we all love that yeah, but, we, love that, but yeah. Yeah, we also love a bit of Beyonce banger really, yeah right? exactly um, so the women that attend uh, I think I feel like they're immediately disarmed by the fact that they understand what they're hearing and what they're seeing they're seeing a film that they might not have actually watched before but they um, they've heard of it or they know of it they know the actors or they're listening to music um, that they know as well so it immediately kind of brings out a relaxing people that mm. um, might not be there if um, yeah in, in a different setting so I think that's been uh, a really great way for us to connect with people and kind of uh, allow them to uh, uh, allow them to relax into what we're offering as well um, it's a very non-pressurized situation mm. where the women aren't expected to remember anything <laughs> or like uh, or perform anything by themselves like was uh, yeah, kind you're of not making people feel uncomfortable or out of their comfort zone too yeah, much yeah uh, and Amy just cut loose is a good title was that deliberate just to let, to let people feel like anything goes in a way in that hour uh, long session 100% yeah it's it's more about the social interaction connecting with other people and just finding a sense of joy 
through moving your body. Mm. So, yeah, as Millie said, like finding an easy access into that for people, whether it's through music or film, um, that they understand. And like you said, an hour to just be with themselves, with mm. their body, with other people. Because yeah. um, so Millie alluded to it there, it can be intimidating, not just the contemporary dance, but just for people sometimes to feel in their bodies and to just cut loose. Um, have you have you seen sort of little transformations happen in some people who've kind of been shy yeah. or yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're touching your heart there? So obviously this... It's been so moving, Rishi. Yeah. Like to, we try to create a space where women can come in and feel safe and like open to express themselves Um, and we do always try to leave time in that space for women to offer something of their own so we we actually build up to a point where a group of women that have never usually met each other can stand in a circle and we put a track on and by the end of the time they've spent with us they can come into the middle of the circle and improvise movement at while everyone cheers them on and like that is just the most yeah. moving thing <laughs> um and it leaves them with this huge sense of confidence and a reignition of like a love for themselves and for for dancing and mm. what yeah and you've also partnered with um Women for Women, a nonprofit educational networking group what's what sort of work do you do with them so we partnered with them in 2023 to do um, uh, an extended a block of cut loose classes um, so the idea with that was to work with you know groups of women that were new to a place because they come into contact with a lot of women that might be in the refugee system or also just women that have recently immigrated um, into Ireland um, so it was a, like extremely mixed group of people in terms of age but also their background um, and ethnicity and everything. So, that, yeah, that was really interesting. Mm. Just going back to double acts and your double acts, which one's honey and which one's lemon? Or does that kind of move and evolve <laughs> as time goes through? It's definitely open to interpretation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got it, blonde hair and you've got dark hair. So I was going to say lemon, that you should be lemon. Yeah. Amy. Mm. I mean, Millie. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would usually actually consider it the other way around. Mm. Oh. <laughs> In my own head. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely like we're. Yeah, I don't think we're a fixed persona within the mm. within the honey and the lemon. <laughs> yeah, I think like any good double act, I feel like the the relationship has to keep evolving and morphing for it to stay interesting. So, so you don't like to align yourself either with honey or lemon too much, too tightly. You Not can permanently. Move. No. Okay. I was in a double act when I was seventeen called Sugar and Honey, <gasps> which is no from this. Some like it hot, you know, that's, sugar. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we called we used to busk, so we called ourselves nice. sugar and honey. Amazing. So it just reminded me of honey and lemon. Yeah, great. So if I was to no, it was no, in the pre days it. before. Oh, there's no evidence. <laughs> no, so sad. I think about there was that. a photograph in the Herald in the newspaper back in the day because we kind of ran into the newspaper and got our picture taken. And uh, yeah, but it's just reminding me because it's kind of um, I wouldn't have been definitely at that time uh, brave enough to stand on the street on my own t- and mm. and sing you know songs. But my friend uh, Marie. She was like a guitar player and everything. So the, between the two of us together, we we had a great time. And we uh, our first outing as a as a duo, we won this busking competition. Okay. It was in 1988. Yeah. It was the Millennium Dublin Busking yeah. Competition. Right. And all these people who'd been doing it for years were like, what the hell? But I don't know. We must have just had that double act magic. Yes, exactly. 
But, but I was going to ask you both um, to tell me about each other in terms of what you think that the other brings to the double act. So starting with you, Amy, what does Millie, what's Millie's personality bring? Millie brings extreme kindness, generosity of like spirit, I suppose. Um, she brings a sensitivity to the room Um and just like a wonderful sense of care um, for other people and I mean for herself too of course but but yeah for other people in the room which is just really special um, and I think that that feeds into her as a performer and an artist and a collaborator mm. and uh, Millie back to Amy what does Amy bring to the room? Oh, she brings a lot. <laughs> a fantastic pair of um, glasses, of course. <laughs> she yeah. has really big yeah, glasses yeah. on. <laughs> um, yeah, great sense of humour. Um, a real openness. Very brave, I would say. She's a very brave performer. Um, she really gets stuck in. Um, and she, I think she's amazing at helping us both push boundaries as well and she definitely helps push me out of my comfort zone maybe more than I would by myself like you're saying about you and Marie like she made you braver I think Amy definitely makes me braver um, and gives me the confidence to do so she so she also gives me a lot in the room um, as well as giving a lot to the performance and uh, to everyone else and is just gives an amazing artistry but it's also extremely intellectual so she's a great package I tell you well, it, it sounds like it and speaking of that package Double Act is going to start in the Project Arts Theatre next mm-hmm. Thursday um, so tell us where people can get tickets and tell us why people should go as well what are they you know what, give us a sales pitch there persuade uh, our listeners that this is the, the thing they need to be at so people can get tickets via the Project Arts Centre website um, or giving a ring to their box office I think people should go firstly to dust off the cobwebs and get rid of the January blues. This nice. is not a upsetting show in any way. <laughs> it's it's there to entertain you, to entertain ourselves as performers. Um so it's exciting, it's fast paced. Um, like you said, it's a whirlwind tour of the past hundred years. So it's gonna go, you know, really quickly. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um and it's also a chance, I think, to see two Two performers who are, like Millie said, pushing their boundaries and their limits of what they can do with their body, their voice, intellectually. Um, yeah. Anything to add there, Millie? We've also got a great costume. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I love a good <laughs> yeah. costume. And is there a few costume changes, I hope? There actually isn't. Oh, that's no. interesting. Interestingly okay. enough, it's very, very tempting Believe me, mm. yeah. we're both great lovers of vintage clothing. Yeah, um, okay. And spend a lot of our own time and money buying it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, for the sake of the work, we have. Oh, uh, so selfish. Yeah, yes, yeah. I know. Um, we have just chosen the one outfit um, to carry us through the many different eras we're referencing. So we have a lovely, timeless piece um, that. Hopefully everyone will enjoy. I think it it kind of touches on on lots of different eras in a very nice way. So it's it's a bit of a classic, you know. Well, I mm-hmm. think it's a really brilliant, unique, and original sort of idea for a show. And you've obviously put so much into it and invested so much time to to really find all these incredible female double acts throughout history, and some of which, like the Hilton sisters and the other sisters, with the foot juggling yeah. of the table. <laughs> oh my God! I'm, I'm hoping you're doing a bit of table foot juggling. Are you? There'll be a lot of trickery. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I can't promise a table juggle. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
no, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about it. And I'm sure loads of our listeners will want to go along. So all the best to you, honey and lemon, lemon and honey, whichever way around you are. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank, thank you so Rishi. much. Thank you. That was Honey and Lemon there and that's all we have time for today. If there's a subject you'd like us to cover on the podcast in 2024, please get in touch with us, the women's podcast at irishtimes.com or DM us on Twitter or Instagram at ITWomensPodcast. And if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast, please leave us a review or subscribe as it really makes a difference to us. The podcast is produced by Suzanne Brennan and by me, Roisin Ingle, with JJ Vernon on sound. Talk to us on social at IT Women's Podcast. That's it for me. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.